The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. We're off to another week. Welcome to our program, Afternoons with Mike, heard every day at this time on the Shepherd Radio Network. And a number of months ago, a couple of months ago, I was at the Christian Chamber meeting in Orlando. And at the end of that meeting, I was introduced to my guest today and find out he's someone who is living outside of the area, but has great interests in this area. In fact, it's going to be a a seminary, a Christian seminary, theological seminary called WISE. And so this is really, I I just can't wait to hear the story. And I know you're going to enjoy hearing this man's testimony. I'm talking to Bob Dudley. Bob, welcome to the program. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate being here. It is so exciting to have met you. And I'm standing out in front of First Baptist uh, Orlando's uh, doors for their big faith hall building that they have there. And find out that you're you're, uh, moving to town at some point in the near future, right? Right. Hopefully we'll be down here next month. Now, will you be moving permanently at that point? Permanently. Wow. And you're right now up north a ways, right? Right. We live outside of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's that's a ways. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. So you're one of those for different reasons, but you're one of those moving from that cold, frigid north, the God's frozen chosen, I always like to call them. And... Oh, I tell you, I grew up in Los Angeles till I was 18, and then I've lived in the snow belt ever since, and I'm still not used to snow. Oh, I know it. You know, when I moved down here, Bob, from Indiana... I really had this thought in my mind. It's okay with me if I never see snow again. It's okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So I have seen it plenty of times. And Mm. and I've been able to take my kids who were born in Florida to have their first experiences in the snow. But it's great to go visit a place knowing that I'm going to go back to Orlando. I mean, that's Mm. just... Yeah, that is just the way that is. Well, Bob, your life is, in my mind, very intriguing very interesting. You are a self-proclaimed dropout from high school. Why don't we start there? And I I don't think you had much of a religious background at all, did you? No, I grew up uh, in Southern California, uh, Catholic. And, uh, but I, uh, have since come to think of my parents as CEO Catholics, Christmas and Easter only. (laughs) And, uh, so I didn't really, which is a step better than FPO, by the way. That's funeral purpose only. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, so their idea of religion was not mine. And actually, at the age of 12, I became an atheist. And uh, and we were, like I said, growing up in, uh, in Los Angeles, actually, the projects. And uh, I was starting to get involved with gangs, actually. And my parents decided when I was 14, we would move out of state to get me away from that environment. Oh, they saw that that was a, yeah. a one-way ticket to nowhere. To nowhere. Absolutely. So yeah. uh, we went to uh, actually Massachusetts, where my stepdad was from. And while they were looking for houses in Massachusetts and work or whatever, I had to stay up with my Aunt Barbara, his sister up in Vermont. And she had a rule. If you're going to be in her house, you're going to church. And uh, they were Baptists. Good for her. Yeah, they went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Friday night, Wednesday night. We were in church all the time. It's not like mass. 
So no, uh, a lot it, different. It was so different, and I got used to it. And then they announced we're going to Bible camp for a week. Well, I grew up, like I said, in the city, so I had no idea what Bible camp was. Turns out, it's uh, Sunday school in the mornings, sports in the afternoons, and then they'd bring in these different speakers at night. Well, Wednesday night they brought in this one guy. Turns out he was an evangelist. And uh, don't remember what he talked about, but at the end they sang this song, and I'm sitting in the back with the other uh, troublemakers, and he asked this question I'd never heard before. He asked, are you 100% sure if you died, you'd go to heaven? And I started crying. I knew there was a God now. I knew just instantly that there was a heaven I wasn't going. I remember getting out of my seat wow. and walking down to the front, and, and I found out that my aunt and uncle and cousins and all my friends that had been praying for me all summer followed me down to the front. And somebody opened up their Bible and showed me how I could have a relationship with, with God. So, uh, And I think we went to Massachusetts just for that because within a year we were back in Los Angeles. So I think God just took me across the country to introduce me and to him. And at the point of your salvation, how old were you then? I was 14. So you'd been there two years yeah. or so. Yeah. Right. But no real discipleship because uh, mm-hmm. I wound up getting mixed up with the wrong people again. And I wound up, like you were saying, I eventually dropped out of high school. And before I dropped out, I'd actually gone, I'd counted at once, 17 different schools in those uh, 11 and a half years. You'd been everywhere. Everywhere. So uh, dropped out, wound up running away from home, and uh, found myself in the Army, where I kind of got my life straightened straightened up. Yeah. You know, when you think about how many young men, just like yourself, found that very thing to be true, they needed the kind of discipline, the kind of structure, and in some ways, the kind of safety. I know that's kind of a funny word for a lot of people to Mm. think about military as being a place of safety. But when you are a young man that was headed toward the gangs, as you were, Mm. and even with your experience now at the Bible camp and giving your heart to the Lord, what you said is every so many people's, not everyone's, but so many people's story of them make a commitment to the Lord, they walk that aisle, they really are sincere when they're doing it, but they mm. find out that there's still a road to walk before they can really settle into their faith. Right. And that happened to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So here we are, you're in the, the army, and uh, you're in the army, and at one of the most difficult seasons, I think, without a doubt, anyone who thinks back to the last 50 years, you mentioned the word Vietnam, and there are all sorts of uh, eyes that kind of bug wide open then. Mm. And that was when you went in, right? Right. I went in at the very tail end of Vietnam. Uh, Not long after I got out of basic training, they actually stopped sending people there. So fortunately, I was sent to Korea instead of Vietnam and spent 13 months there. Got my high school diploma, my GED and high school diploma. 73, 74, somewhere. Right, in that neck of the woods. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... uh, did that for three years, and uh, like I was telling you earlier, I um, I was going to church. Like I said, I was getting my 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 act together, my life straightened out. And uh, my pastor had asked me what I was going to do when I got out of the army, and I told him I wanted to go to college. And uh, he asked me what I was going to major in. I didn't have a clue, so he said, "Why don't you just go to Bible college while you figure it out?" So uh, I went to uh, Michigan. Uh, it was called what was it called? Midwestern Baptist College. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And I went there for a year and a half before right. I decided that really wasn't my thing, and I and I quit. So you never felt the call to be a pastor then? Not at the time, I didn't. Yeah. Eventually, I would become an outreach pastor at a church and uh, and spend the last twenty years as an evangelist traveling the world. But wow. back then, I, I didn't have the 
Yeah, you just didn't have it. And so here, once again, you're invested a year and a half into something that you're going to be pulling out of. Right. And that will become foundational to what God had planned for me later on in life. Yeah, because you got seeds planted in your heart mm. at that at that seminary, at that Bible college, that really points the way to what is now going to become wise then. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So that is really cool. But now you're out of that. And what happens in your life from there? This is probably, outside of my salvation, the most significant thing that ever happened in my life to shape and mold who I was going to become. I uh, had uh, quit high school. They make you, when you don't re-enlist in the Army, make you feel like you're quitting the Army. And now I'm quitting God because I dropped out of Bible college. So uh, A triple, I, triple dropout. Triple dropout, that's yeah. right. So I'm, I'm uh, working in this factory, second shift, and uh, Thursday night I remember driving up to the driveway of the apartment where we were living, and I just start crying because it looks like my life is going to be my parents' life is going to be my children's life. Oh, yeah. And uh, I couldn't, I just couldn't stand my children growing up the way I grew up. Yeah. That they didn't need to know that type of environment. You mentioned early, and uh-huh. I want to I interject this here, that you kind of grew up with a welfare mentality, that that's what happened with your parents. Oh, absolutely. I had, uh, and that's why I went to so many different schools. They were on welfare the vast majority of my life. And every time rent would be due, they would just skip out and go find someplace else to live. That was the motive for all those changes. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just avoiding the responsibility of paying for rent. Oh, and speaking of avoiding responsibilities, this story just popped into my head. When I was about, I guess, nine, ten years old, I had a younger brother and sister, and it was just us and my mom, and uh, my first stepdad had already gotten out of the picture. She would drop us off at the babysitter in the morning. She'd go do whatever she did. And then uh, we'd go to school, come home, and eventually my mom would show up and pick us up. Well, one Wednesday, she didn't show up to pick us up. And Thursday, she didn't show up. And Friday, I overheard the babysitter on the phone. Uh, I'm guessing it was Child Protective Services or whatever they were back then. And uh, they tracked down my mom's sister, my Aunt Pat. And we wound up living with her for a year. To this day, I don't know where my mom had disappeared to. She just took off. Wow. Yeah. Just left. Just left. Did you ever reconnect? Yeah. She eventually came back a year later. And uh, she did that twice in our life where she would just disappear for months. What about your dad? Uh, I've never met him. Uh, Matter of fact, um, part of my story is when uh, I wound up dropping out of uh, Bible college, that Thursday night, I was reaching out to God what to do, and he laid on my heart to go get a degree at the university. So I thought, before I do that, I'm going to try to get a hold of my dad, because obviously there's nothing on my, at least I'm thinking, there's nothing on my mom's side that would say I'm motivated enough or smart enough or skilled enough to accomplish anything. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe there's something on my dad's side that'll give me some some motivation. So I call him up. I find I track him down. He lives in Seattle. And he could not even remember which sister he had married, let alone that he had had me. I thought, man, the 60s were good to that guy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked to him for like two minutes, the only time I'd ever talked to him in my life. Oh, my word. And uh, I thought, there's nothing there, you know? Yeah. Well, did it ever go beyond that? Nope. That's the last, first and last time I ever talked to him. Two-minute conversation at at the extent of it. Right. The extent of it. And uh, so... I thought, okay, if there's anything 
that can make me be able to do what I'm getting ready to set out and do. It's got to be God and me. That's all there is. Yeah, because there was nothing on the mom's side and obviously nothing on the dad's side that's going to go. And here you have this inherited kind of welfare mentality Uh that you didn't want, you didn't like, and you were already starting to wake up to the fact that if something didn't change, that was going to be what was in your kids. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, they call it generational curses. And I think this is when that generational curse broke. I agree with you. I think it did as well. So God lays something on your heart. You pull up, it's Uh midnight, you're done with the second shift work. Uh God says, go to a university, you're crying in a car. And that is the genesis of walking out of that way. Right. Now, there were a lot of things that you were going to discover in this process, but you went to the university, and this is one of the parts of the story that I just think is incredible. So tell us about right. how you chose your course study. This was good. I uh, went to the registrar's office that, that Friday, and uh, I, I walked in, and she said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'd like to get a degree. And she goes, what would you major in? I said, I don't care. I just want a degree. She goes, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't That's work. That's not how it works. So it was... Um, she hands me a catalog, says, just pick something. You can change your mind later if you want. So I'm looking through it, and I kind of hear this voice that says, get the hardest thing in there. So I'm looking, and I see this word pops out of the page. I'm thinking, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds really hard. So I looked at her, and I said, I want to get a degree in physics. <laughs> yeah, that's what she did. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so- oh, my word. You, you, you didn't have a strong math background in high school absolutely not i uh, had to take a math placement test and i passed general math so apparently i could add subtract yeah you had you could do it i could do that but i had to take algebra one algebra two analytic functions trigonometry then i could take my calculus class and my physics classes yeah so i'm behind the eight ball from the beginning also i find out that the bible college i went to was not accredited so all of my general all of those classes none of them meant the thing i had to take them all over again goodness all yeah. of those hours that you spent yeah. and earned, earned yeah. hours. And uh-huh. any dad or mom that's listening right now that's got college kids, you know how disappointing it is when you find out your kid transfers and they can't transfer those hours. And that's absolutely. what happened to you. Yes, absolutely. And then, so I've got those two and I've got the fact that uh, I'm working in a factory full time, a second shift, but God told me to do it. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh turns out... uh it, it worked out better than I expected. Yeah. Um, Do you think? I, yeah. <laughs> now, it wasn't all without its, its moments. My, uh, my end of my second year, I'm in Michigan. My parents and my brothers and sisters are in California. I'm the oldest of seven. Um, apparently, when you're on welfare, you got a lot of free time to make kids. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah. uh, so they knock on my door. They're moving in into my two-bedroom apartment. Now, not your dad that you never met, but... My, my second your, stepdad, your, actually. Okay, I, my okay, second stepdad, my mom, and my six half-brothers <sighs> and sisters all moved in. Of course, we got kicked out within a week. And... Uh, and um, In a that, two-bedroom in apartment. A two-bed, and, and you know, when, when your past is like 2,000 miles away, it's kind of easy to get rid of it. When they're in the same room with you, it's yeah. not so easy. Not so easy. I remember breaking out in a sweat and and, and again starting to cry and, uh, and wondering, what am I going to do? Well, what we did is we left and they had a place and we got a place. And I, I wound up graduating in three years at the top of my class with honors. And uh, what, what it taught me was not so much physics. Of course, I learned that. But what it taught me was how to depend on God and how to accomplish things that he lays on your heart. 
Oh, you know, that's so great. There's a, there's a verse, Pro, uh, Proverbs 21, 31. It's my, my wife's favorite verse. It, it goes, um, prepare the horse for battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it was. I did what he said and he made it work. Yeah. You know, when you think about what physics really is, it is that that combination of all those higher grades of mathematics mm. to where you can use formulas to use things like speed. Uh, we had in my physics class, I had a test and I remembered the formula mm. in the test and the formula, I plugged it in and it was a question about a bullet being fired from a gun in an airplane traveling so many miles per hour, how long would it take for it to hit the earth? And that's what physics teaches you to do, things like that. Right. Where you've got speed, time, all these other plugins, Mm. and yet it's very doable if you use the formula, and God is the order of all of those formulas. 100%. I remember a, a Christian physics professor of mine, somebody asked why F equals MA or whatever he said, and the, and the professor says, look, I could tell you how it works, if you want to know why it works, you got to go ask your pastor. Now, you won't hear that too often in a lot no, of liberal uh, colleges today. Not today. But that's an honest answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just so sad that so many young people today are not getting that kind of honesty from their professors. That's right. Yeah. I, I really don't understand it. But three years, a guy who had dropped out of high school. Right. Who had served one term and you felt you were a dropout mm-hmm. from, from your serving in the army. And and you'd gone to a Bible college and dropped out of that. Right. Suddenly you go to take one of the most difficult courses of study in all of studies and you graduate in three years with honors. Right. That's a God thing. Oh, it's a hundred percent. And and it kept going. I wound up eventually having five college degrees. What? Yeah, I got, uh, oh I, after the physics degree, I joined the Air Force. They sent me to get a bachelor's in aerospace engineering. Then uh, I worked on the uh, peacekeeper missile for the Reagan administration. Oh my word, yeah. Then they sent me to get a master's in astronautical engineering. And then I uh, wound up becoming an expert on uh, Russian and Chinese missile systems. Man. And then uh, eventually... I retired from the Air Force and retired from the rocket scientist arena and got a a master's in biblical studies and my doctorate in theology. And you have more degrees than somebody with the flu, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Oh, my word. Bob Dudley is my guest. Bob is going to be talking about in our next segment about this exciting thing coming to Central Florida. Can't wait for you to hear about it. I can't wait to hear about it myself. Bob Dudley, my guest, Mike Gilland with you. We'll be right back. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3570. Bob Dudley is my guest today. Bob is a a long, I mean, he has done something that very few of the people that I've interviewed ever accomplished. He dropped out of a lot of things and then 
became a master at a lot of things. There, my dad used to say, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. Well, you're a jack of a whole bunch of trades and you're a master of all of them, <laughs> it appears. That is quite amazing that with that background, with that growing up with that mentality, and as you said, uh, that welfare state of mind mm. that you saw and you saw it replicated in your own thoughts about your own family and maybe even fearful that it was going to pass on down to yours. But thank God he broke that generational curse that you were mentioning. How do you get now from going, you went into the Air Force, you Mm. spent a great celebrated career there. You ended up your term in the Air Force as a major. So I have to pause and say, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. I mean it. I think I speak for everyone who hears this program, uh, I more than ever today am grateful for the people like you that have molded and made our country what it is today. It's sad, isn't it? I'm sure you feel it's sad to see what's happening in the Absolutely. military. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It, it's got to be so painful for a guy like you. But with all of that, God just opens the door. You find out that you've got more than an average intellect, thou, mm. that even though you thought all these things about yourself, that wasn't really true. Correct. And so you're able to do all of that. Yeah, and let me interject on real quick. Be careful what you say to your children because you are either going to put blessings or cursings on them. And if you tell them, you know, uh, you're stupid or I don't want to hear you or children are meant to oh, be that's seen, so good. you know, don't do that. I grew up thinking I was nothing and I was going to be nothing my whole life. And that was the biggest lie. Yeah. And I'll say it because I know you won't. Bob is a Mensa. And that was discovered way late in his life when he's in school. And I, I tell you, that had to be a shock for you to find out that you have such a, a high IQ when you thought you were on the lower end of the pole here. Right. Being to, going to so many different schools, I actually wound up a lot of times in the slow classes because I just didn't care. I wasn't yeah. trying. And, and I thought that was who I was. Yeah. And you were searching for motivation by even calling your, your biological dad mm. as you did. And that didn't help either. So it is truly a story of God's grace in your life. 100%. He had the plan for you, Bob. And isn't it great to know that when we talk to people, and today I realize every time I open this microphone and begin to speak, I don't know who I'm talking to. There are people listening right now in some of the prisons in the area. There are people listening in the villages that are retired. There are people living, uh, listening through all of Marion County and Alachua County and Orange County who m- have some aspects of their background really similar, or they have that happening maybe with one of their kids. Right. And to hear a story from someone who felt you had no future, and, uh, you know, just today I was reading this morning one of my favorite verses. I'm reading through Isaiah right now, and I got to chapter 43, and there are two verses that God used in my life back when, oh my goodness, this would be 1983 when when he spoke to my heart about verses 18 and 19 where it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider things of old, for behold, I do a new thing in you. It shall spring up, and shall you not perceive it? For I'll make a way in the 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 uh, say way in the wasteland and a river in the desert. So that's what mm-hmm. he promised that through Isaiah to 
a nation that had been floundering. Right. And now he, that promise spills over into us. It obviously spilled over into you. Hmm. So tell us how you got from all of that point and all of those degrees. What began to germinate in your heart about the future then? Well, what, uh, what happened was one day I went forward in church and I told God, I will do whatever you want. You just have to let me know what it is. And God takes you serious when you say things like that. So he laid on my heart like instantly before I got home from church, I knew I was supposed to tell people about Jesus. Now, I'm probably 50 when this happens. I was saved at 14 and I could probably count on two fingers the people I've lived to Christ up till then. So I tell my wife that that's what God's called me to do. She says, okay, that's kind of crazy, but I'll support you. Don't expect me to go out and talk to people, but yeah. I'll support you. And uh, so we went, we were living in Maryland at the time. We went down to Annapolis to share our faith at the Annapolis Harbor on Friday night. I didn't talk to anybody. I was too shy. Long story short, I did that for six months. Every Friday I'd go out. Every Friday I wouldn't talk to anybody. Every Friday I'd come home dejected. And uh, finally, uh, I think God felt sorry for me. He goes, you know, there's people that'll teach you how to do that, right? <laughs> I think, oh yeah, of course. So uh, so I learned, actually, my wife learned. And uh, this was, I don't know, over 20 years ago. And we've She's actually led over 20,000 people to Christ just oh, talking one Oh my goodness. Like what was the program that you uh, learned? We learned a program called, well, it has its roots actually down in Florida with Dr. D. James Kennedy. Oh, evangelism, evangelism Explosion. Yeah. yeah. So it sure. was a third generation version of that, but it's exactly the same program. Yeah. I had Gary Williams on my program recently and he's the oh, regional director. Right. Yeah. We oh, had yeah. lunch last time I was down here. Oh, so, that's, yeah. God, that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 He wants to help with the college. So I'm looking forward to uh, that. He's a great guy. Isn't he? Yeah. yeah he's super. And I, I have been telling people about my interview with him since that day because of just, he's a, a motivator. I mean, when yeah. you're around him, that passion that he has to share the gospel with other people, oh, yeah. it's infectious. Yeah, it seriously is. So we, um, we uh, learned how to go out. Then we went to seminary to uh, be professional at it, and, uh, which is a whole other story. And we started a, a program called Everyday Evangelism, which is very much like Evangelism Explosion. And we started teaching that in uh, Kenya, in the Philippines, and just all over the world, all over the Caribbean. And we've seen hundreds of thousands of people saved from people we've trained. And it's just wow. been such a blessing. So we have that going on. And then in 2015, I wrote the book, Seven Perfect Steps to Success. And I started a success coaching company. So I started showing young Christian men and women how to grow their businesses, how to start them, how to scale them in, in that. Were you a, a business manager at the same time when you were doing all this? Uh, no, actually, um, back in when I was getting the physics degree, being over-motivated, I had, uh, one of the jobs I had in the Army was to train Army Special Forces in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And then I was also on the U.S. Taekwondo team and fought in the World Cup games in, in Seoul. <laughs> And uh, so I was really good at teaching martial arts and fighting. So I thought, I'm going to start a studio. So I opened oh one up goodness. while I was getting my degree. And uh, three months later, I was closing it without any students. I thought, well, maybe being an entrepreneur wasn't for me. And then fast forward three years, I'm stationed at uh, uh, San Bernardino, California, working on the missiles. And I'm talking to this contractor that worked with us at the base. And he told me about this idea he had. He was going to be an entrepreneur and quit working for the companies working for. And I says, you know... I tried the entrepreneur thing. It, it doesn't work for me. 
And he started asking me questions about my studio that I tried. And for two hours, he asked me questions and never once asked me about martial arts. He asked me about branding, public relations, marketing, sales, uh, all the different systems involved in businesses. So I thought, I never knew about all that stuff. So I went out and tried again. And I wound up, uh, in two years, I grew one of the largest martial arts studios in Southern California, for yeah, sure the largest in word. San Bernardino County. And, uh, and then I had the bug. I've, I've had a aerospace software consulting company. Uh, I've had several, a chain of martial arts studios and the success coaching company, the evangelism ministry. And uh, I found out, like you were talking about formulas, I found the formula yeah. that works. Yeah. So clearly uh, you found it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so what I wound up doing then is God laid on my heart that the reason you're doing these two things, evangelism and entrepreneurialism, is I'm going to put those together and form a college that's going to teach young men and women how to go out and be kingdom warriors and kingdom leaders and, uh, and be able to support themselves while they're doing that. And, and that was the seed for Wise Bible College. Wow. I'm reading a book right now that kind of outlines just what you said. It's called You're Not Crazy is the name of the book. Mm. And I, I really am loving it. It's written by Ray Ortland and also Sam Alberry. And the first chapter of the book, it talks about what you've just mentioned, that today's young pastors, they need to understand that it's not just what you know. It's not just having the theological background. Mm. You've got to be able to take that. You've got to be also concerned about gospel culture right? and to take that and to share it. And I think that a lot of our colleges and seminaries have produced kids that are book intelligent, but they're not prepared to, oh. to take it out to the real world. A hundred percent. And you, you hit on something very critical. I found having graduated from the two seminaries and as a professor at a Bible college for several years, there's three gaps in what they were doing. The first gap was uh, they weren't teaching evangelism. They weren't teaching them how to share their faith with people one-on-one -on -one like we're talking. Right. So that was a huge gap. And I think critical mistake. I mean, the Great Commission's mentioned five times in the New Testament. And yeah. We're not doing it. The second gap was um, the thing that I learned in the martial arts fiasco. It doesn't help to just know the thing like, teaching or cooking or preaching you need to know how to run the business that supports yeah the thing. right that's where that entrepreneurial experience really comes in handy. absolutely and they and and at bible colleges and seminaries don't teach pastors how to run a church they teach you how to preach they teach you how to study the bible like they should but they don't teach you how to run the church and the church is the most important business on the planet As a matter of fact i read a statistic the other day that said it said um the average time somebody is in the ministry is five years and they quit out of frustration and loneliness. And they burn out. And they burn out yeah. because they don't know what they're doing and they're trying and yeah. they want to do what God said for them to do and, and, and it's not working. Maybe I'm was the, I misunderstood God, yeah. maybe, and they quit. And the, and the third gap and, and final gap I found in these seminaries and Bible colleges is they, let me put it this way. I had a friend that went to seminary with me. And when he graduated, it took him five years to raise support before he could become a missionary. So that's all the time preparing in Bible college and seminary, all the time raising support before he can go out and do what God laid on his heart. Yeah. To me, I think that's a sin of the church that a person graduates from his education and the next day can't go out and do what God laid on his heart. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're, we're putting all that together in Wise Bible College where the 
emphasis is, is two things. It's learning how to share your faith in an effective way in discipleship and having a viable business to support you and your family and your ministry when you graduate. So uh, when they're going to college for evangelism, they're going to go out every week for three, four hours and talk to people about Jesus. For their business, they have to start and grow a business that they cannot graduate until that business makes enough money to support their families. You know, I heard years ago, and I don't know if it was from my mom and dad or just along the way, but there was this concept that kids that are young, that are growing, they need to have a career that they can always fall back on, even if it's not going to be something that they end up maybe making their primary mm-hmm. thing. You for, you, for example, you could do one of a number of things because you've not only have interest in those things, but you have experience of doing those things. Right. Imagine graduating from college and it's not like you were saying a bunch of book learning and theory and then going out and trying to figure out how to do it after graduation yeah. versus the kids that go in and have done it before they even get their degree. Yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah. And and so there's a practicum to what's happening, not just the uh, the book uh, outlines and all, all of that. You've got you've got some real life experience that's part of the ex- expectation right. of your time there at that college. Another thing that I think that all universities and colleges make a mistake on is passive versus active learning. You know, if you're learning passively, sitting in a lecture, just taking it mm-hmm. in, you'll probably retain five or ten percent of what they say. If you do it actively, like in a trade school or a tech school, you're going to remember 80 to 90 percent of it. So a big hunk of what Wise Bible College is going to be about is actually doing it, Mm. not just learning about it. I think one question that people are hearing this, and they might already be thinking like, wow, I can't wait. I'm going to check this out for my grandson or my Mm -hmm. son, uh, would be what, what is the length of term start to finish in your program? It's going to be a four-year college. Now, it is going to be an intense four years. It's not for the week, let me say. Um, there's, a, there's a story about uh, military recruiters going to a high school and, and talking in the auditorium. <laughs> and the, the Army Robin, guy- give me 40? Is that what right. you're- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The Army guy gets up and he's an Army of one and he talks for like 45 minutes about the advantages of the Army. The Navy guy, the same thing. The uh, Air Force guy. And then finally the Marine gets up and he just stands here at the front of the stage and he's just staring every guy in the eye, every gal in the eye. And finally he says, I think three or four of you can make it in the Marines. I'll be out in the hallway waiting for you. Oh, wow. And of course, everybody goes out. Yeah. But, but we're like that. We, uh, it's going to be an intense time. When you get out, you're going to know that you know exactly what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the very first thing in freshman orientation is we're going to have some courses to get them ready for that. And the first one we're doing is uh, Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. And Mark Verkler, who wrote the book, will be coming and teaching that. He lives here in the Orlando area. And, uh, and we're going to just start off the ground running. Right. And so they're going to get the kind of experience that you got when uh, you were out doing evangelism. They're, they're going to get to put that into practice. Right away from the first week. Wow. You know, that is a different concept than a lot of Bible colleges that I've mm-hmm. heard. You know, you hear their whole, uh, their whole plan, their whole vision. I don't know that I've read too many of them that have evangelism as an upfront goal for them. And you know, um, the enemy has, you've noticed, intensified the attack on not just the church and the kingdom, but on morality, on traditional morality. Oh, and I think that 
the current Bible colleges and, and seminaries, or at least most of them, if not all, are not preparing people for the war that we're walking into. Wow, that's probably true. Yeah. And it is a war, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're a guy that you've seen this kind of up front. You were in the service all that time. And, and another way that separates you most from most people that I've ever talked with, you were actually in two different branches of the government. And even though you felt like you dropped out of uh, the army, you really didn't. They just made you feel that way. Made, you, that's right. You did a four-year term in the army and uh you gra- you were discharged honorably right so uh, and that's pretty amazing to say that you are now uh, a major in the air force but you were also a completed um i don't know what rank you left the army with as a corporal as a corporal there you go yeah. well, that still works and uh, again uh, appreciation for people like you who have served our country who are uh, really praying for our country right now because we we all know we need it. We need all the prayers we can get. Major Bob Dudley is my guest. I'll be back with him for one more segment. And th- this is compelling. The time is flying by. Hope to see you on the, the other side of this break. This is Afternoons with Mike. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. You will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. Back again now with Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. My guest today is Bob Dudley. Do you, uh, are you going to be a professor, Dudley? Is that what you're going to go by or how, when Wise uh, Bible College opens up, what what will you have your students call you? Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll be the president of the college, but uh, I don't know. My goodness. Have them call me Bob. You, you'll do some teaching though, right? Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. my passion. And that's, I could tell that was your deep passion to see these kids affected by that. I, I actually had the honor of being a professor at the United States Naval Academy for three and a half years. Wow. That, that was amazing. That is amazing. Again, something that not a lot of us will ever be able to say, <laughs> but you did it. And you have all of this experience in the military and in business and uh, more degrees again than than I, I think is fair to have. Uh, when you sign your name uh, on some sort of thing, you've got more degrees at the end of your name than then I I think there is room on the line for. So that's pretty (laughs) great. Again, if you're just tuned in, Bob Dudley is um, right now a Pennsylvania resident that is, uh, your eyes are on becoming a Central Florida resident real soon. Hopefully next month. Yeah. Yeah. When it all gets said and done, when will the school open up officially? We uh, have our first semester will be August of this year. Okay. We're looking for 20 students. We're looking for 20 young men and women who are, they know God's got a calling on their life. They've maybe have had some entrepreneurial experience in high school. They've done some ministry and they're ready to hit the ground running. Will this be an accredited school? It will be eventually. And that actually stems from the reason from uh, when I went to the Bible college and I had to take everything over again. So we've already started the accreditation process. Now it takes five years to get accredited. So when we first start, like every college, yeah, that's, we natural. Won't be. that's yeah. natural, but we absolutely will be accredited. As a matter of fact, 
one of the people on my um, advisory board, uh, we brought her on board because she has been an administrator at two colleges and helped actually start one of them. So yeah. she knows the whole accreditation process. And you know, I'm not really big on that whole thing anyway, in terms of its effect on the real world. Mm-hmm. We're seeing, and, and you've heard it as well, there's people out there like Charlie Kirk, who's traveling around really trying to encourage parents to do the trade school option, right? like that format, which your college would be probably more aiming at that impact than just what you learn in your head. Right. But uh, so I think so many parents are, are, they're asking that question. That's the reason I mm-hmm. asked it because I wanted people to hear your answer for right. it. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, our, our last board of directors meeting, we talked about the freshman professors. What we care about is that they've done it and they can give real world experience. Yeah. But then once the students see that and can start running right away, then we're going to have the, uh, accredited type professors that will fill in the gaps and the theory behind what they've already learned that practically works mm-hmm. so that they know how to tweak and modify it to fit their situations. That's wonderful. So again, a four-year college and you're looking for 20? This first year we're for looking the first, for 20. Yeah, yeah, 20 students. What part of town will the classes be held in? Well, actually right now, this is another interesting thing. It costs about $120 million or more to build a campus. So I don't walk around with that kind of pocket change. So what we're doing is we're going to start in a church Mm -hmm. and uh, stay there probably for one or two years. And we picked a place where there's a need for a lot of evangelism. We're going to be at the Kingdom Church in Pine Hills. The Kingdom Church in Pine Hills. Right. Well, that's great. I mean, that's pretty accessible wherever you are then. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could actually, I think, go to Universal Studios for the day and then go over to the (laughs) school and take your class. Yeah, it's really nice on that side of town and a lot of highways out there with 50 and 429 not being that far away from it. Not at all, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. Well, this is pretty exciting to hear about WISE. And I know that in the process, you've been kind of making a lot of trips down to get everything ready, right? And uh, your goal is is to be down here, maybe in February or March, then mm-hmm. permanently, and then the school will start in the summertime, right? Let's talk for a moment about just generally speaking, with because you're starting off in the year of what is being touted as one of the most important election cycles, right? And in our lifetime, really, uh, that's mm-hmm. I think without a doubt in light of the world news that's going on. You talk about war. There's mm-hmm. active war going on right. on a number of fronts. What what kind of expectations in terms of, a, let's say, a men, mental outlook that, that your students will have? What do, you, what do you think you'll be dealing with from that standpoint? You know, I hadn't thought about that. That's a great question. I think that they are going to be Young men and women that are already kingdom-minded, already know that there's a war going on, and already know that there's been a massive moral decline, not just in the United States, but other places I've visited, Brazil, Europe, uh, Australia, there's a decline. And it's a similar decline everywhere. So uh, I'm hoping they're not uh, naive of the world in that respect, that they do understand that there is a real war, there's a real Satan that is out there trying to destroy uh, yeah. what we, it, it, speaking from an American perspective, we've spent the last over 200 years building. Yeah. I mean, we were based 
on on the the God of the Bible, the Judeo Christian ethic, right? And we've left that one in the wayside. Seriously, have yeah. And uh, and we can, you know, I think we don't know when Christ is going to return, but we do know that that Satan tries to push it. Yeah. Like the last time I think he tried to push it was in the early 1900s with Stalin and Lenin and Hitler and Mao Zedong and Pol Pot and hundreds of millions of people, mur- mass murders. Yeah. And, uh, and then it settled down and I think it's ramping back up again. I think we yeah. can see that, uh, yeah. not exactly the same attack, but definitely as intense as it was back and then. And then what isn't the same, the, the strength of the American fabric of culture is really frayed right now. I mean, you talk about a divided nation and Mm -hmm. you've got citizens that aren't sure whether they're male or female and gender or whatever. I mean, it's just a mess right now. It is. And, and five years ago, you never, it never would have dawned on you that this would be an issue. Yeah. Right. But here it is. And that's why I asked that question because I'm pretty convinced that unless kids go in with their eyes wide open to truth, uh, they're really going to, they're going to maybe flounder for a while until right. they catch that. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why we're, we're doing actually a three to four week freshman orientation before they actually start classes to try to nip some of that in the bud yeah. as it were, because we don't want them to be confused when they start because they've got to be laser focused on what the mission is. You know, somebody said, um, the main thing is to make sure the main thing stays the main thing. I like that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And the main thing we know, uh, God gave us that, Jesus gave us that when he said, you will be my witnesses. That's right. And that takes you right back to that evangelism. Absolutely. You know, we've got to not only own it in our heart, freely we have received, Mm -hmm. but then we're called to freely give. Yep. And I think a lot of us in in our culture today, we've just gotten flat out comfortable Mm -hmm. and we don't want to be bothered. And you know, and we've been convinced that sharing our faith is hard and intimidating, but it turns out it's the easiest thing in the world because all you got to do is say it. God yeah. does all the convicting. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to get somebody to sign a dotted line, right? You're not selling them. Yeah. You're just laying out the facts. You're and just saying, here's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is a nice way to make this something that is so critical and so important, very doable. Right. We, we've got to see that it is doable. Mm-hmm. And and that sounds like that's one of your main goals. Yes, absolutely. Wow. That's it. I know this has been a labor of love, but like all labors of love, there's a lot of labor to it. And so oh. there's a lot of work and effort that you've given. Right. Did you have any idea God was going to lay this on your heart? Uh, well, actually, in January 2016, I had the f- the first inkling that we would be doing a college. And I actually uh, went down to where Clearwater Bible College was. Their campus was for mm-hmm. sale, unfortunately. Uh, and it didn't work. God put it on the shelf. And then April of last year, he brought it up again. He says, it's time. Wow. And uh, and I'll tell you what, here's the, the the coolest thing in the world. When you're doing what God lays on your heart to do is that you live in a walking miracle. Uh, that, yeah, it's been a lot of work, but I tell you what, he'll lay on my heart to go do something and I'll get there and he'll have done all of it. And I'm just in there, you know, signing the contract or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, miracle after miracle. The first miracle was back in July. Um, Crystal Parker, uh, president, somebody way out in the Midwest introduced me to her, said, you got to talk to her before you start this college. And I called her up and I tell you what, her and the Christian Chamber of Commerce 
have been critical in this trip. Oh, they're wonderful. I tell you what. And then Briston and Latandra, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing people, amazing Christians, amazing. I just can't say enough about these guys and all the and all the people in the chamber. I've probably met two dozen people that have gone way out of their way to help us get this college off the ground. Well, it's really like, and I tell people this all the time, to go to one of the meetings, it's like going to a family reunion. I mean, it's that kind of joy, and maybe it's nicer than a lot of family reunions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might, maybe I'm giving a bad metaphor. <laughs> I don't know. It's a blast. But it is yeah. a blast, and it's so much fun, and these people are really great, and I don't, I tell you, I don't know, I'm sure you're going to be here for the, the chamber meeting next week, or this, this week. week. This, this Thursday, week, this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's Thursday. I, I, yeah, it's uh, like I said, they're family. They're all madly in love with God. Yeah. And they, and they can't wait to help each other. Wow. That is just great. Well, I can't tell you how much fun it has been for me to have you up here to hear this amazing story of a young man that thought at best you were going to be a dropout and was fearful of the worst that it was all going to be passed on down to your kids. Mm. But instead, God redeemed you. And now he's redeemed not only you, but your family and your children. And think about how many other people, your wife has reached 20,000 people with the gospel. Mm. That's an amazing story right there. I tell you, we will, if, um, if something happens, um, strange in our life, she'll say, well, let's figure out who God wants us to talk to so we can get back to the normal routine. Yeah. 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 That takes the emphasis and the focus off of ourselves, mm-hmm. and it, it really does put it back on the gospel. And that right. is one of the practical ways. I will never forget this, Bob. I had a friend one time that was going to help me cut trees, and he got sick, and he called me the day before. Yeah, I can't help you trim your trees. I'm sorry, I'm sick. And I understood. Mm-hmm. The next morning, as I'm getting dressed to go out and just do it by myself, I, there's a knock on my door. And I go, and I open the door, and it's my friend. And I said, I thought you weren't feeling good. He goes, well, I'm not. But I just had a conviction that I need to work through not feeling well, take <laughs> my focus off of what, how I'm feeling mm. and help somebody else that I love. Oh, absolutely. And that, that spoke to me. I've never forgotten that. Mm. And that is the, the goal that we should all have. It's not about us. It's about you, Lord. That's right. And that's right. Give us how yeah. people can learn more about the wise Bible College that's coming to Orlando? Uh, you could go to our website, uh, www.wiseevangelism, but the E at the end of wise is the E at the beginning of it. So one of, so wise evangelism. One e. Yeah, one E, wiseevangelism.org. Okay. And it could, uh, it'll tell you about school, what our focus is going to be on. Uh, if you want, if you have a, a, ch- a child that's looking for a, a great opportunity to, to join the war, uh, there's application in there. And if you uh, want to partner with us, there's a page on there where you can partner uh, through either prayer or mentoring or donations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, there's also a place there where you can email me directly and, and ask whatever questions you want. I love talking about this. Uh, well, I think people are going to be searching you out here because this is very interesting. Bob Dudley, my guest today, I can't thank you enough for dropping in and being with me on the program. Friends, don't forget that. Uh, give us that website one more time. Wiseevangelism.org. And w- the E of wise and evangelism at the beginning is one E. So tie them together. And go. that's it. All right, friends. Thanks for joining us for yet another program. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.